from Dallas Baptist University, this is the Gridiron Podcast. Welcome to the Gridiron, the new DBU podcast. I'm Brianna Dix. I'm Simeon Jones. And I'm David Hodgins. Starting things off today, we are going to talk about the Cowboys. Do you guys think the past year of the Cowboys was a success or a failure? Me personally, I think you definitely have to say success. I mean, with the new rookie duo of Dak and Zeke, they far exceeded everybody's expectations this year. I mean, you had the stats speak for themselves. Dak had the lowest interception percentage for any first-year quarterback. You had a four-time Pro Bowl quarterback give up the reins and say you have earned the spot to be the Cowboys' new starting quarterback. He led the team to 13-3, and going into the playoffs, number one seed. And Zeke, I mean all-time rookie rushing record for the Cowboys in just 10 games. I mean, I think this year is the start of a new great era for the Cowboys with the young talent that we have. I don't think you can say anything else besides success from the Cowboys this year and going into the future. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, I I definitely think it was a success um, by all means. Um, So I'm from Houston. I have a lot of Cowboy haters. And, like, they're all – after the uh, playoff game, they're texting me about, like, how, like, oh, like, y'all are one and done. Like, y'all failed, blah, blah, blah. And, like, yes, like, when it comes to the game, we did fail. We did fail to go to the NFC Championship slash uh, go to the Super Bowl. But, like, when it comes as a whole season – um, it definitely was a um, success. Um, uh, just with the points you brought up, just you know, the new uh, duo in the backfield with um, Dak and Zeke, um, just you know, killing it this year. Um, and their stats and their play, and um, them both being rookies um, is insane. Um, I believe Dak had the best uh, quarterback rating um, as a four quarterback. Um, after the season ended um, as a rookie. Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't think that's ever happened before. So that's incredible. Zeke led the NFL in rushing. Um, the defense stepped up um, and outperformed how critics um, thought they were going to. So I think overall, it definitely was a success for a season. Um, a lot of things to build off of, a lot of fuel to the fire, especially after that Packers loss. Um, Dak was interviewed um, during the Pro Bowl and talked about how. You know, he's never going to get over that loss. And he said that's just going to be fuel to the fire. So, I mean, I love that he said that. And I just know that, like, for years to come, like where you're saying, like, this is starting a new era uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which I love. Now, if Tony Romo was the quarterback and we still kind of have the same game plan, same process, and we go through the same type of thing where we get to the playoffs and we lose, then I would think the season was a failure. But I think because of the rookies and the new system and, like, um, just everything that's happened, I definitely think it was a success all because of the rookies and just the new era that is to come of the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think, Simeon? Yeah, so I definitely think it was a success like y'all, but the reason why I kind of think it was a success was because a lot of people want to say the Cowboys look the same as they always have been. They do really well. They have high expectations. They make it to the playoffs, and then they choke in the first or second game. And as y'all know, we haven't made it to the NFC Championship in a long time. Dear. But... I still think it's a success because I don't think we're the same team as we've been in the past. As you said, if we had Romo in them, I would kind of feel a little bit bitter about it, like Romo should have taken us there, but we do have a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back, and I just think that this is a different team. I don't think we Mm -hmm. can compare them to past years because 
we're so much younger now. Even with our defense, we have young young guys plugged in. We have Anthony Brown at cornerback that had to play a lot against the Packers. So I definitely think it was more more of a success than a failure this year. No matter the critics saying that oh they choked like they always do, because I don't think this is the team that is in the past. I don't think you can compare them saying they always choke like they yeah. used to because we have a new quarterback and a new mm-hmm. running back. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think, as you said, this is definitely something to build on. And I like how you brought up Dak's quote saying this will always haunt me. And it's always good to have some motivation, yeah. especially next year. But um, I just think with, with the people we bring back and with the staff we have around, I think one of the biggest biggest things we brought back were the coaching staff with Rod Marinelli mm-hmm. and Scott mm-hmm. Lindenhan and Jason Garrett. You know, those are the kind of guys that are going to be able to, as they've done in this past year, they're going to be able to do it again next year and build a good offensive round, Dak and Zeke. They just got to plug in a couple guys on defense and they'll be better. Yeah. But I definitely think that this is a success and something to build on and something that's going to be able to be good for, you know, the next couple of years for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I agree. So speaking of the Cowboys, the end of the season, obviously we have a lot of free agents coming up. Um, so with that, um, who do you think is top priority to keep? Um, for me, um, I have a list of different people. As you know, there's 19 free agents, which that is a lot. Um, luckily, um, they're not huge stars, but we do have a few that we do need to keep. Um, for me, um, if we're going to the backfield, I definitely think we need to keep Barry Church and Morris Claiborne. Um, yes, Morris Claiborne has been injured lately. But just the season he had this past season, at least the beginning of it, um, obviously got hurt in the end, but um, was just incredible. <laughs> he absolutely, I know, oh shocker, right? He absolutely um, dominated um, his position. He definitely was our best cornerback by far for the whole half the season he played. Um, I just think if he can stay healthy, which is like it's risky to keep him back, but I think if he can stay healthy, he's definitely a top priority to keep just because their secondary and corners like have been. Um, a position that we've needed a stronghold in. I think he can be that stronghold. Um, and then Barry Church, I, I do think we need to keep him also. Um, he's definitely um, just the veteran safety we need um, just for an elite defense for years to come. Um, he had some small injuries throughout the season, nothing too serious. Um, obviously he had that forearm issue, uh, but he's definitely not the injured-prone type. Um, so I definitely think we need to keep him. Um, when it comes to the receiver position, we have a lot of different – uh, we have a lot of different free agents. We got Bryce Butler, Terrence Williams, um, and, and so on. But I think out of those, uh, I want to keep Terrence Williams. I know a lot of people don't like him. Um, I just think um, he's growing as a player. Um, I mean, this this will be his third year coming up. Um, and I just think um, he has a lot of moments of awesome. Uh, I really do. Like, there's a lot of great moments he has, whether he's breaking away from tackles with his speed, his tap in ballerina touchdowns in the end zone um so i think when he wants to be a playmaker he can be now he's definitely been very inconsistent lately but i think um if we keep growing him um uh, he keeps practicing hard i th- definitely think he he still will be a great um receiver number two and then when it comes to offensive lineman uh ronald leary um absolutely dominated this year a lot he was um obviously a backup because leo collins who played last year was that uh, left tackle uh, left guard, my apologies, left guard, and but then he got hurt. He uh, broke his toe, so Ronald Leary came in as a veteran and just absolutely dominated the whole entire season. Um, and so I definitely think we need to keep him just to keep 
that offensive line um, throne of awesomeness and bulkiness and stronghold. Um, so even though we do have a lot of Collins, we have a lot of different offensive linemen. I know Ronald Leary is going to be hard to keep just because, you know, I bet you a lot of teams are going to be wanting him. I definitely think he, when it comes to offensive linemen, he's a top priority. Um, but out of all those, uh, just one more. I love Darren McFadden. Um, <laughs> I like him more than um, Alfred Morris, personally. Um, I think he's a better player. He's faster. He's more physical. And I think he's a great running back, too, behind Zeke. Um, he'll be a free agent, and I hope we can keep him. He, he hasn't he, – I mean, he was injured this past season, um, mainly just um, for Alfred Morris to kind of, like, get that running back, too. But obviously he came in towards the end of the season and the playoffs, and um, I, I think he's a great backup. So I think when it comes to running back position, obviously Zeke is great. We have him, but like it's good to have that backup. And I think McFadden is a good asset to the team. And so those are my take. Those are a lot of different players. Obviously, there's a whole bunch on the list, but I think those are my top priorities as of now. Well, I think you have to look at keeping Barry Church and Brandon Carr. Church, he's been an asset all season. He's been consistent. He's good in the box, and he shows great defensive leadership. He makes the big plays when they're most needed, like his interception in the game against the Packers. I think you have to keep Church, and I think you have to go with Carr. I know a lot of people are saying Morris Claiborne, and yes, he is an amazing player, but he has been hurt every season, and he can't stay healthy. He wasn't great in his first season with the Cowboys, and then he's been hurt every season since. And yes, he is a great player, but I think, in my opinion, for the cornerback position, you have to go with the guy that's been healthy. He's been playing. He's always there. He does what he needs to do. He's in the games. He has more experience from being staying healthy mm-hmm. and on the field. I think you have to go with Carr on that one. What do you say, Simeon? So this one's interesting because I'm excited to see what this offseason brings. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge. I think there's going to be some things that are definitely going to surprise us. Um, that's just going to be crazy. But first and foremost, I don't think keeping anyone is our top priority. I think our top priority is first trading Romo. No matter what y'all say, y'all may cry or whatnot. If we trade Romo, we get rid of his contract, so that frees up a little bit more money, and we may get a defensive player or a draft pick that may help us, whatever it is. And then the next two things I think is we need to restructure Witten and Free's contract. Jason Witten and Doug Free. Witten is going to get $12 million next year, and this is a man that is about to retire. Yes, he's great, and yep. yes, we can get into an argument about well, we owe him that because of what he's done in the past, and you know we can get into that later. But I think if Witten, which he definitely would, I could see Witten being the guy to come up and say, "Oh yeah, I'll take a couple million he's less to mm-hmm. keep some people." He exactly, he's a huge <laughs> leader guy. So I think him and Doug Free, if we restructure their contract, I think that'd be big into helping us sign the 19 free agents we have. There's a lot of free agents, and it's crazy. Almost every position, as you said earlier, David, is up for you know debate Literally, running yeah. back quarterback receiver uh you know, cornerback everything i mean it's nuts i think the top two right now i would say are ronald leary and morris Cla- maurice claiborne right and one of those yeah, claiborne. Mo, mo claiborne i like i like calling mo, him mo. Good old mo. but ronald leary d- gave up one sack all season in an offensive line that talks Real. about um talks about tyron smith travis frederick and zach martin Ronald Leary doesn't get any talk um, as the other three, and he let up mm-hmm. one sack all season. He was great in the running game. He could have done a little better in the passing game, but he's still a top free agent that we need to bring back to solidify that offensive line, mm-hmm. to, de- to give Dak time to throw, and to give Zeke holes to run through. And Mo Claiborne, I know it's tough because Mo Claiborne and Brandon Carr are right there. They're toe- or neck and neck. 
and Mo Claiborne's got two. You know, he's he's two years younger, and he's cheaper than Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr's about ten million, and Mo Claiborne's about seven, or about three. So that that's a that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mo Claiborne, yes, he, he he hasn't stayed healthy a full season, but this season he kind of turned a page. He wasn't great. I agree, I give you this in the first couple years that he played for the Cowboys and he was already considered a bust but we stuck with him and he did do really well this year he didn't give up as many yards and then the passes he gave up they were short yardage but I'll be interested to see what they do with them but I definitely think those are our two top priorities but one thing I'm excited about is Stephen Jones he is a great guy in the sense that he's spending his money in the smartest way possible he's already came out and said that in free agency we're not going to overpay for any any big marquee guy because we value our money and that's my biggest thing as well is I think we should get everybody back at an affordable price Mm -hmm. whether that if Terrence Williams is offered too much from another team let him go if Bryce Butler is just the right amount of money keep him but I think this offseason for for free agent is going to be big with how much money they want or how much money the market dictates because as you said you know running back receiver corner we have so many guys that we could let go that are going to be free agents, but I'm interested too, mainly with to see what Romo, Kellen Moore, and Mark Sanchez do because yeah. Mark Sanchez and Moore free agents. We'll see what Romo does later. That'll be another topic. But um, today just came out that the Cowboys worked out six quarterbacks, so yeah. maybe they're looking to let Moore and Sanchez go to pick up some mm-hmm. random backup quarterback that you know could come in at seven hundred fifty thousand a year, which would be big. Because that would save us money because maybe they think Dak will stay healthy. Uh, hopefully he will. Hope so. um, but it'll it'll be interesting. And I'm really excited to see what happens just because we have so many free agents and there's so many different ways we can go. I kind of agree with you, too. I think with Lance Dunbar and Darren McFadden being free agents, I'd probably go more Darren McFadden mm-hmm. because he showed to be a great running back when we didn't have Zeke last year. Mm-hmm. And Lance Dunbar has been too injured and he's not much younger. And he's kind of the same price in that in that area. But Terrence Williams is a great receiver, too, and I think he's a perfect kind of number two receiver behind Dez on the outside because people obviously give attention to Dez and we can throw to him because he gets single covered. And it'll just be interesting. I think no matter what happens, the good news is I I trust Stephen Jones won't overpay for any of these guys. Mm -hmm. And the people we get are hopefully all going to be at affordable prices. What do you think is the piece the Cowboys are missing that is preventing them from reaching the Super Bowl? For me, I think it is the defense. We have to have a stronger defense. We need to work on the pass rush. I mean, Marinelli did a great job getting guys together and just key players like Tyron Crawford and Sean Lee had amazing had an amazing year. But Sean Lee cannot single-handedly run the defense like he did in the second game against the Giants or the division around playoff game against the Packers Um, and I talked with former Dallas Cowboys defensive lineman Chad Hennings and he said that on the offensive side of the ball the Cowboys have all the tools they need to be successful but he said my question for the Cowboys is on the in the defense can that's the defense is what is going to win championship games and he said in the postseason that's where we're going to truly judge to see if the Cowboys can be the team that they had in the 90s and in the 70s and I think that he's absolutely right and they showed that we knew we have to work on the defense we need a stronger defense so going into the draft I think 
you have to select strong defensive ends and cornerbacks like for defensive end like Miles Garrett or for cornerback um, Marshawn Lattimore. You need strong guys that are co- going to come in and be more key players like Tyron Crawford and Sean Lee moving into the next year. And that's to me, is where you're going to win those championship and division round playoff games and possibly go to Super Bowl 52. Well, first off, good luck getting Miles Garrett. He's going like top three, and unless we trade the house for him, we're not getting him. <laughs> but I get it, right, right. but I, and another thing I love too is the always the argument of what what wins championships. Is it offense? Is it defense? Is it special teams? I always love that argument. But that's what it's, that's what's funny about teams. Yeah, exactly. It's the kickers. <laughs> um, but I definitely think the piece that we're missing the most is a pass rush on mm. the outside. DNs. Um, I know David Irving kind of did really well at the very end there, but. As far as uh, Tyrone Crawford goes, and uh, Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence, and Randy Gregory, you know Randy Gregory can't play at all because he keeps <laughs> getting suspended. Demarcus Lawrence has had health issues, so that yes. that stinks. But Tyrone Crawford's done great. But I'd be interested to see what Rod Marinelli can do with an elite pass rusher. Maybe not elite because we probably won't get one, but a good young pass rusher who just has a tremendous talent. And one guy out there right now that I'm interested to see what happens with him in free agency is Deion Jordan, the DN out of Oregon. He's not hasn't had a lot of production with the Dolphins, but he is still like 6'6", 280, which is a huge, uh, huge guy that Rod Marinelli would probably lick his chops at to get on the defensive line to pressure the quarterback. And this all depends on what happens, what we do in free agency. If we bring back Brandon Carr and Claiborne and Barry Church, then we can definitely focus more on the defensive line. But I do know the Cowboys love their love getting in-home guys and not really going out to free agency. So mm-hmm. next year I think we have Jalen Smith, who's going to be interesting to watch mm-hmm. play. So he's going to be big for the linebacking core. So I think we're pretty set there. And Sean Lee, maybe we bring back uh, Rolando – no, not McClain. Oh, man, who do we just – oh, Justin Durant. Maybe go. we bring, bra- bring back Durant for a year, which would be big. And that would kind of sure up our linebacker spot. But and if we you know kept Mo Claiborne and Brandon Carr, that sure up cornerbacks, so then we'd be able to focus all our attention on the defensive line. And you know we we can say that the guys we have now are good. Charles Tapper was a great rookie at you know or he was a good college player at OU, but didn't play hurt the entire season because yep. he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And so at my point, it's kind of do you want to keep waiting around and hope that your third DN can perform, or do you <laughs> just want to go out get maybe one or two marquee defensive ends? to help that, you know, help the pass rush and put more pressure on quarterbacks yeah. in the 2017 season. I agree. Yeah, for me, it's uh, it's pass rush. Like, it's, it's not even close, like, how big that need is. Uh, like you said earlier, David Irving um, had a, a great season. Kind of inconsistent at times, but, like, when he came to play, he came to play and definitely made a difference. But I do think we need more help on the outside. Um and just, you know, either drafting or free agency um, for that matter. But my question to you guys is, like, would you rather draft, like, in the first round, like a top-notch pass rusher, or if somehow we work out a deal um, sending Romo away and get a lot of money, would you rather go out in free agency and get one? Like, which one would you rather do? It depends. I think if it if it's at the right spot, I've heard rumors, obviously, right now, that would Jerry Jones be willing to make a Falcons-like trade where they traded for Julio Jones and I think the top 10 pick, I think at number 8. But yep. they gave away their first round, fourth round, and sixth round, and then I think second round next year. So they gave away a lot to move up. But if you know J- Jerry Jones is willing to make a major trade and move up in the first round to probably that top 10 pick and get 
probably not Miles Garrett. He'll probably go top three or top five, but maybe yeah. a Jonathan Allen from Bama. Yeah, that'd be huge. That'd be um, awesome. And I'd love to see what Rod Marin- Rob Marinelli can do with some talent. Like yeah. as we mm-hmm. said, David Irving's been great, and he's one of the great defensive line coaches. But he hasn't had a lot of talent to coach with. But he's done a great job with what he's had. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see free agency. I think there's some guys out there that we could definitely go after. But I'd be interested so to you see. Rather, you rather draft? Yeah, for sure. Draft. I think there's more talent and just a better, healthy, exactly young. personnel in the yeah. in the draft to get for Rod. But it'll be interesting. I definitely think Jerry may pull a rabbit out of his hat. <laughs> I mean, and, if you think about it, that's what he did for Claiborne. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. Well, we were like I think nineteenth, and then we yeah. went all the way up to six. Yeah, and we exactly. traded. I can't even remember how much we traded for that, but um, obviously it didn't work out in the beginning for us. Obviously this year kind of did, even though he got hurt. Um, his how great he is as a player, but um, yeah, I think I mean I think I'd rather go up in the draft too. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have better chances at success because I mean if you look at yeah, veteran players are awesome. But sometimes they're only good in that system, and sometimes you yeah. see in the past where players get traded to different teams, they very much underperform just because like the system is so different. Um, and so, I mean, I definitely rather move up in the draft and like try to get a pass rusher. Um, that's just my take. Bree, what do you think? You think we should go up in the draft, or do you think we should go free agency? No, I think we should go up in the draft. Go up in the draft. For sure. It's pretty crazy too, because if you look at it, I mean, where we are right now, we're 28, and I've seen some early. <laughs> Some early mock drafts. <laughs> this is my favorite time. I love draft, draft, mock drafts and mock everything draft, like yeah. that because mm-hmm. it's so fun. But I've seen early on that we're probably going to target Solomon Thomas from the DN from Stanford. Okay, and mm-hmm. it, you kind of always say too how much talent is there at the back end of the first round. But if you look at it right now, the Patriots, one of their star players on their defense is Malcolm Brown, out of this defensive tackle out of Texas, and they got him thirty-two pick in the first round, yeah. and he's a starter. So I definitely think the draft shows a lot more promise than the free agency this mm-hmm. year for oh, defensive yeah. line players. I agree. Well, that ends the Cowboys segment, and now moving into the Pro Bowl. All right, so the Pro Bowl is something not many people like to talk about, <laughs> but it's definitely something that is interesting to talk about because there's so many hot takes with it. Uh, everybody wants to say, what would you change about it and everything like that? Well, we're going to go a different route, and we're going to talk about who outshined the most at the Pro Bowl and will be a hot commodity next season for his team. And I think this is my my personal opinion is maybe a little cheating a little bit because with hot commodity uh, for next season for his team is someone who's going to be a free agent, so it's going to be interesting to see Kirk Cousins. Mm. I was... Um, was blown away by him. He didn't, you know, put up many stats, but not many players do at the Pro Bowl. I think not Michael. Uh, something Griffith, the defensive end out of Mike, Minnesota Vikings, before the game was like, oh, I want to get the MVP so I can get a car. So I love players that come out and say that I want to ball out and try hard in the Pro Bowl because you don't see it that much. And Kirk Cousins, at the when he got in in the fourth quarter and that last-minute drive at the very end to almost tie up the game, it was just fun to watch him actually try and everything. And then when he threw that ball that went through Jimmy Graham's hands and Aqib Tlaib picked it and took it back, or no, someone else picked it and, and pitched it to him. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alexander from the Bills picked it. Yeah. First name. But, I mean, the fact that Aqib Tlaib went all the way down the field and the first person, or I guess the second person, because I think he broke a tackle, that tackled him and popped the ball out was Kirk Cousins. This yep. is a guy that is going to be a free agent, and I'm sure his agent was screaming to him, what are you doing? Fall to the ground and... <laughs> Don't even get near anybody, but 
the fact that you know he throws a pick in in the fourth quarter and still runs down the entire field when many people think a quarterback's just going to run to the sidelines. The fact that he went all the way down there, popped the ball out for a fumble, and gave his gave his team a chance to try to win again was uh, huge to me because that just kind of shows that I, I like when people when players show that they care and it's fun to see them yeah. have fun like mm-hmm. Odell Beckham dancing too that's great because yeah. it's the Pro Bowl that's what they're supposed to do but it's fun to see that they still try hard and everything like that and obviously mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens with him next season because he is in line for a big contract as a quarterback so I think it'll be a hot commodity next season for his team so that'll be interesting to see as well yeah yeah for me I mean who outshined at the Pro Bowl I think honestly like everyone did because everyone tried <laughs> finally um, it just made it more of a watchable game not just kind of throwing deep balls and yeah. like the score is like 52 49 yeah. but it's like fun yeah it's yeah. yeah but like they actually tried and it, it was 21 13 like i don't think we've ever had a pro bowl score like score like that yeah. the over under um, was 80 by the way yeah so, so it's like <laughs> yeah people but, that thought they were smart with going over were no yeah but I, to me who outshined um the AFC defense. I mean, if you look at that game, they had two interceptions mm-hmm. and a goal line stance. When's the last time anyone had a goal line stance in a Pro Bowl? <laughs> like that was. I mean, obviously out for the NFC, you know, because the Cowboys. But I mean, that was just cool to watch. I mean, they're at the one yard line and to see them try that hard um, and stop Zeke at the goal line. You know, that's never been done before. Um, I mean, I like your point about Kirk Cousins. That was cool to see. That was cool to see, like, from a fan perspective. I mean, obviously from an agent perspective, it definitely wasn't fun for him. <laughs> yeah. But, He's I mean, freaking out. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see what's going to happen um, next season. I do think the Redskins will sign him back. I mean, just because I don't think it was all of his fault last season with what happened with the Redskins. But, I mean, hey, who knows. But, yeah, just overall, like, the, the Pro Bowl, uh, I think everyone outshined just because – it just looked like a lot of fun. A lot of players were getting along. Uh, a lot of friendships were made, and just the game itself was more competitive than it's ever been. And then also the the skills challenge that was awesome. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. It was fun to watch. I mean, you got dodgeball. You got Zeke like taking off his shirt for throwing like the game winning dodgeball hit. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's just fun to watch. Uh, and they haven't done that in years. And, and so, just those li- little type of mini games that they do, I think, makes it more interesting for the fan base. Um, so overall, I mean, I think everyone outshot in the Pro Bowl. The people who created like the games and the skill challenges and then all the players in general as a team and then obviously that AFC defense um, with the two interceptions, two interceptions and the goal line stance. So overall, that was great, Pobol, and um, that's just my take on that. So mm-hmm. what about you? What do you think, Bree? Well, I think several of the Seahawk players had a big game. Um, you had Michael Bennett who sacked Andy Dalton and then you had Doug Baldwin who carried the reception for a touchdown. But also you had... Um, Travis Kelsey from the Chiefs, who's had a big year, and he scored a touchdown run. But also Stephen Gilmore uh, intercepted the ball in the end zone, intended for Odo Beckham Jr. So I think all those guys you're going to have to look out for next year and are going to have big years and be hot commodities for their team. But also, like you said, I just think it was great to watch and just the competitive competitiveness of the game. And I think everybody excelled a lot more than we yeah. normally see. And we're doing a little more than normal because, I mean, a lot of times people just try not to get hurt and just kind of take it easy, just mm-hmm. having fun. But it, I thought it was great to watch. And I think the talent is just incredible this year. And you saw that in the Pro Bowl yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's definitely fun. And you saw uh, as well Travis Kelsey just came out and he was like, so, you know, someone was telling him that I should get, you, that the NFL should get rid of the Pro Bowl. And Kelsey was like, no, it's fun because it's a backyard brawl. You just go out there with yeah. guys and throw the ball and it's fun. 
and it does get a little competitive because that's the best part about it. And as you were saying too with Zeke, uh, I thought he was going to be in because it's two yards out, and what linebacker wants to come in through the A gap and blow up Zeke? You yeah. know, who cares? And they shut him down and had a goal line stand, and that kind of showed me that they some of these players do care, and it's definitely fun to watch them uh, be competitive in this game. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the discussion for the Pro Bowl, and now moving into Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> So with this Super Bowl, um, obviously the Falcons are underdogs coming into this. Um, so what do you think um, the Falcons have to do uh, to shut down Brady and Belichick, um, stride for the Patriots in Super Bowl 51? What do you think is the key um, to stopping them? For me, I think um, you got to get to Brady. You got to bring everyone mm-hmm. you can get. Um, because in, in years past, when you look at where Brady has failed, has been when teams, as in defenses, have made him frustrated as in getting to him sacking him throwing him to the ground and so i think that is the falcons um biggest target i think uh game plan is to attack brady and just keep coming after him and um i mean the great thing about that is you know the falcons coach was was a defensive coordinator for the seahawks and so i think he's good to definitely have a lot of intake on like you know what blitzes to call and so i think they have a small advantage uh, when it comes to the defensive um, aspect of the game uh just bringing the pass rush um to brady but i think that is the falcons biggest uh, mark into stopping brady um getting a fifth super bowl what do you think Simeon? i am interested to see what happens because Brady is so hard. When you send blitzes, he gets rid of the ball fast. When you don't, he's going to pick you apart. So I'm excited to see what Dan Quinn does Mm -hmm. with his defense. And as you said, he did play against Brady with the Seahawks, or coached against him, I guess, and with the Seahawks. And I would say they had had some success against him because obviously it was up to the Seahawks offense at the end of the game, and that's ultimately what you want. You want your offense to be able to score at the end of the game to win it. And so it'll be interesting, but I definitely think – there's a couple things I think that are really key. I think one of the main ones is Be- uh, Vic Beasley's mm-hmm. and Dwight Frenney's um, ability to get to Brady because if they get pressure on him, then that's obviously huge and that kind of throws off his time. I think one thing that they'll definitely do is probably go man across the board and just send a four-man rush. So it'll be big on Beasley and Frenney to get to them because if they go man, they can kind of press bump their receivers, the Patriots receivers, and screw up the timing between Tom Brady and the receivers and – but that four-man rush really needs to show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw against the Texans, which granted they still lost by 17, but early on, Jadavion Clowney was yeah. hitting Tom Brady, and Brady, Brady was getting mm-hmm. super mad. He was. He was. Uh, he, he didn't like it, and he was getting frustrated, and I loved it because you know, they were getting into his head by just hitting him, and I think if the Falcons get to him, I think it'll be big uh, for their defense, which is so fast. But one thing that the Patriots love to do is exploit those linebackers They'll do tight ends on linebackers and running backs on linebackers. But I think this actually favors the Falcons in a bit because they have such fast linebackers with Deion Jones and all those guys. Brooks Reed. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I definitely think ball control is going to be an issue because how do you stop the best quarterback in the NFL? You keep him on the sidelines (laughs) to where he can't score. So ball control is going to be a huge issue. And if they – if the Falcons control the clock and keep it for 20 minutes or 25 minutes and keep Brady off the field, that'll be big. But it'll be interesting, and I'm excited to watch what happens. But another key issue is our offense, obviously. And there was a stat today that came out that Matt Ryan is the only quarterback in history to throw to 13, 
13 touchdowns or touchdowns to 13 different receivers. Yeah. Which is nuts because everyone I definitely thought as well it was all Julio Jones and everything else. Mm-hmm. But he has options to throw to, and those running backs um, when they get out in coverage are going to be huge because they can catch out of the backfield and, and they can run routes. And Mohamed Sanu are great guys. And if, if they spread the ball around on offense, I think it's going to be hard for the Patriots' D to stop them. And it'll be it'll be interesting. But definitely think number one is pressure. And number two is definitely just scoring. It'll be, the, you know, they're going to have to, it's going to be a shootout, and yep. the Falcons are going to have to score on that defense. I think the key for the Falcons is putting pressure on Tom Brady. The Patriots will be prepared to neutralize Vic Beasley with the running game because of how quickly Brady's able to release the ball. But if they can put pressure on Brady while he's in the pocket and he makes those quick decisions to get rid of the ball, then they have a great shot. And I think, obviously, for the Patriots, Shutting down Julio Jones is going to be huge. Get him near the line of scrimmage and not letting him get away with those crossing routes that can turn into big plays that will really, really hurt you in the Super Bowl 51. All right, and so now moving to the next um, topic for Super Bowl is do you think if the Patriots win, will Tom Brady and Bill Belichick be the greatest coach-slash-player duo of all time? And I personally personally believe that they are already definitely – top three uh that they are some of the greatest of all time tom brady with four super bowl rings if he wins this sunday i think he's the greatest quarterback of all time and it's hard to look at him and not think that bill belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time in the nfl as well because of the guys that tom brady's been surrounded with Mm -hmm. you know he hasn't had these amazing all pro bowl Hall of Fame receivers around him. He had Randy Moss for about a year or two, but they don't and, Super Bowl. exactly. And so, I mean, it's interesting to see every year what he does with the talent he has. I mean, Gronk, the greatest tight end of all time, arguably that a lot of people talk about and debate, is has been out for ten games and they won all those ten games. And so now they're even saying, oh, should they trade Gronk? Which is nuts to think that you would trade one of your best players. And what what he's done with the talent he's had has been unbelievable. So I already think that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, coach-player duo of all time. But one thing I'm interested to see what happens is if Brady loses, I know he'll still be the greatest quarterback or close to it. I think Joe Montana still has that one ring above him. And I think if Brady wins this fifth Super Bowl ring, he's the greatest quarterback of all time over Montana. But I'd be interested to see what happens if Brady loses this Super Bowl what his it will it tarnish his legacy i know he'll still be top three but he'll be down in the ranks with a couple other quarterbacks with elway and them for losing uh, for having not that great of a record in the super bowl so it'd be interesting and i'm interested to see y'all's take in this so brie what do you think well i think even if the patriots do lose the super bowl i think Brady and Belichick will still go down as being the greatest coach and player duo of all time. I mean, I think the stats speak for themselves. I mean, this is Brady and Belichick's seventh Super Bowl to go to with each other. I mean, and you look back at Staubach and Landry, they went to four, and Nolan Bradshaw, they went to four. But, I mean, I think especially in the league today with free agency and the caps on the teams, that is just incredible that they have stuck with each other for that long that long of a period and that they've been that consistent for that many years in a row. And I think that speaks volumes to both of them. And I think when you look at the stats, there's no way but to say that Brady and Belichick are the greatest of all time. Yeah, I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like Bill Belichick. 
but you <laughs> know you got to give respect where respects due. Um, I do think um, whether they win or lose the Super Bowl, I do think they are the greatest coach player duo of all time. I mean, just because I mean, yeah, Joe Montana and Bill Walsh, um, they did win four. They went to four and they won four, um, and so. I mean, obviously they're up there, um, but I mean, what Bree just said. I mean, they've this is now their seventh Super Bowl. Like most fran- most franchises can't even get to one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the Falcons. This is their second time ever being in the Super Bowl, and so I mean, uh, I mean, especially if they win it. I don't think there should be a question um, who the best duo is. It definitely should be them. But even if they lose, obviously there will still be debates. But I still think. Um, they will be the best coach player duo of all time just because of, you know, the track record, you know. I mean, I think I already said earlier, they've been to, I think, six AFC Championship games in a row. Six in a row. <laughs> like, Oh, uh, yeah, in a row. And then I think the Cowboys haven't been to one in 21 yeah. years. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. That's crazy. And and so, I mean, just that alone is insane. And so, I mean, I, I think we just put it all together, win or lose. Um, yeah, even though I don't like them. Respect. You gotta give respect. Respects to, and uh, I do fully believe they are the greatest coach player duo of all time. So I have two quick questions for y'all. Then going off that, one: Do you think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time? And then two: Who do you think has more pressure this Sunday? Matt Ryan beating his first Super Bowl, or Tom Brady closing all the talks of greatest quarterback of all time and winning his fifth Super Bowl? So for me. Um the greatest quarterback of all time. I think if he wins, I think he will be, because uh, no quarterback has ever won five Super Bowls, um, and so I think that alone um, should uh, put him as number one. Also, uh, what you brought up earlier with the lack of talent he's had around him throughout the years. I think the only star player that you can think of that's been there was you know Randy Moss, and they still didn't even win a Super Bowl. And then uh, yeah, they went sixteen and zero, but you know. They lost to the Giants, so I think he would be should be considered the greatest of all time above Joe Montana just because of going to seven Super Bowls. If he wins, winning five Super Bowls without huge star players, you know, you know they're taking you know six seventh rounders and you know un, and then undrafted free agents and turning them into you know good players, you know, in their system. Yeah. And so I do believe you know Tom Brady should be considered the greatest quarterback of all time, um, if he wins um, this coming Sunday. Now, when it comes to pressure in the game, um, I, I feel like Matt Ryan has a little more pressure just because, you know, the Falcons, this is their second time in a Super Bowl. They've never won a Super Bowl. So, obviously, like, the whole pressure of the city is on him, on his shoulders. Um, and so, I think a little more than Brady. Yeah, Brady has pressure, but, I mean, he's been there so many times. I think he's a little more relaxed, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And even if he loses, like, he still has won four, you know. Mm-hmm. One four lost three. That's still a winning record in the Super Bowl, you know. And so, I, I think Matt Ryan has a little more pressure just because they've never been here before. Um, and so this is his first rodeo, pretty much. And so obviously all the nerves are going to hit him, and hopefully they don't get to him uh, when the Super Bowl happens. So that's my take on that. What do you think, Bree? Well, I have to agree with David on this one. I think that Brady should be considered the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, I mean, I think. In the league, the measure of success is the Super Bowl. I mean, that's your end. That's the end-all game. And I think that, I mean, he's led the Patriots seven different times, and exactly this will be his fifth Super Bowl. I mean, that's insane. I mean, several teams haven't even made it to the Super Bowl, and that he's done it that many times. I think, regardless if they win or not, I think he will will be considered the greatest quarterback of all time, and I think it's rightfully deserved. Um, And then I think that Matt Ryan definitely has – more pressure than Brady. I mean, this is, 
Yeah, his first rodeo, first time he's been. But also, I mean, he has led this underdog team, and I feel like they're still the underdogs going into this because the Patriots have been so many times and Brady's been so many times. But he has more pressure, and I feel like all the feelings and everything this season will be coming to them during the game. But I think that Ryan definitely has more pressure on his shoulders than Brady going into Super Bowl 51. Well, thank you for listening to The Gridiron. Join us next week for our analysis of Super Bowl 51 and what is coming up next across the league. God bless.